Welcome to Nourish and Shine, where I talk with passionate leaders in the fields of nutrition, functional and integrative medicine, and wellness, providing inspiration and practical advice to nourish your mind, body, and spirit, optimize your health, and live a whole vibrant life starting now. Welcome to season two. Today, I'm sitting down with Dr. Danielle Ott, who's a chiropractic physician who loves helping women and their families. From prenatal care to postpartum, from newborn through adolescence, she helps optimize nervous system function through general chiropractic adjustments with a strong emphasis on nutrition. She lives and practices in Wabasha, Minnesota at Ott Family Chiropractic and Wellness Clinic. She is so much fun to talk with, and I could just see her face lighting up as we were talking. She is extremely knowledgeable, and I love that she's a female entrepreneur. We talk about chiropractic care before, during, and after pregnancy, children, and so much more. I am a huge fan of Dr. Ott, as I personally saw her during my pregnancy and felt that it was tremendously helpful. I hope you really enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for being with me today, Dr. Danielle Ott. She's a chiropractic physician here in Wabasha, Minnesota, and I would love for you to tell our listeners about yourself. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me and for having me on your podcast. I'm a chiropractic physician. I'm practicing in Wabasha, Minnesota, and um, I've been in practice for about, in my own practice for about four years now. Great. And what made you interested in becoming a chiropractor? Yeah, so after undergrad, I went to school for something completely different. I wanted to go on and focus more on counseling and adolescent work. I wanted to take a year off before I started grad school. And so I wanted to move back up to the cities. And I quickly found out that you can't get a decent paying job with just a psych degree. And so while I was doing internships for under my psych degree, I took a position as a CA, a chiropractic assistant in a chiropractic clinic up in the cities. And I had grew up with chiropractic, um, but this clinic practiced a completely different way than what I was used to. It was very holistic. They did a ton with nutrition and acupuncture and massage therapy and cupping and Chinese modalities and homeopathy. And her main practice Um, At that point, she'd been in practice for 25 years, and she no longer saw even muscle skeletal conditions. She was all doing more internal medicine type things. And so it really opened my eyes to what this profession can do and all the great things that it can and how it can help people. And I just knew I had to be a part of it. So within one month, I went back to school. and Oh, my gosh. And here I am. That's really cool. It's amazing that you found that, like, kind of a transition in your life. Yes, yes, definitely. It just kind of appeared out of nowhere, and it just seemed like I was meant to go to that practice and meant to see what it was about, and I was meant for this profession. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. So um, one of the things I love about you is that you're a female entrepreneur and a busy mom. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me why you chose to open your own practice and why Wabasha? Yeah, so Wabasha, the reason we chose Wabasha is my husband grew up here and he's always loved the area and I love the area and we have family here. And so that's kind of what brought us to this area was because of my husband. And as far as opening my own practice, I did work for another chiropractor for about a year before actually less than it was six months before we decided to branch off on our own and it was a great learning experience but I learned very early on um, I kind of knew exactly how I wanted to practice and I wanted 
um, just my vision and what I wanted to create. And I also kind of wanted, you know, freedom too, as well, um, freedom in hours and how to be able to create the life that we would truly want, you know, to have a little bit more control as being a business owner. That's awesome. Had you had entrepreneurial dreams like growing up or was that something that you just kind of... Nope, never. (laughs) Just like chiropractic or just becoming a physician, it never crossed my mind until the opportunities just presented itself and you know, you see those opportunities and sometimes you just got to go for it. Good for you. So why did you decide to focus in on um, women and children in your practice or what gave you that kind of special interest? Yeah, so I didn't start out that way. Um, I started out more just general chiropractic and then I became a mother (laughs) and that (laughs) That changes everything. It changes everything. (laughs) It totally changes my viewpoint. Um, It you know, we're all trained in how to treat pregnancy and how to treat children. But being pregnant, I fine-tuned my adjustment style even more because I've lived through it. Like, I know what it's like. And I know what it's like to be a new mom. I know what it's like in that postpartum area. I know what it's like now to have a child. And just the support that mothers need, the support just physically and mentally during you know, the prenatal, the postpartum, and then just infancy through, you know, teen years. It just... That means so much to have lived through it. I think it's completely different. Like, you can imagine things about how it is to be pregnant, Mm -hmm. but until you are actually pregnant, it's a whole different ballgame. It is. It really is. (laughs) And so having that experience, can you tell us a little bit about what it involves? Like, how, as a doctor of chiropractic um, or a chiropractic physician... How do you treat women who are pregnant, and when do you start with them? Yeah, so um, the treatment is going to vary. Different chiropractors learn different techniques. The great thing about that is no human body, no two people are the same. So we all benefit differently from different techniques, just like different um, PT styles or massage therapy styles. What works for one person may not work for another. So there are different ways that you can adjust, you know, an expecting mom. The way that I adjust is I have something called pregnancy pillows, which are really awesome. And there's different depths. So depending on the different stage of pregnancy you're in, you can actually lie on your stomach. I use something called activator. It's a tool assisted. It's very, very gentle. Um, we, I utilize that a lot for the pelvis area. And I have experienced this yes. when I was pregnant, and it's a little scary at first, but it's mm-hmm. amazingly powerful. Like it, for such a little device, yes, like, and how for how gentle it is too. Yeah, it works really, really well. I also use a lot of ligament work um, in my adjustments with expecting mothers as well. So we do a lot of work with something called the round ligament, also known as the Webster technique. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a ligament that's attached to your uterus, to um, the top of the vaginal opening, mm-hmm. actually. Um, And can you tell me more about the Webster technique, too? That's something I've heard about, but I Mm -hmm. don't necessarily know a lot. So it attaches from the uterus to the vagina. Mm -hmm. And as that, you know, belly grows and as that uterus expands, that ligament can become very taut. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a very gentle release technique. You just take your thumbs and you go up underneath that ligament, like a trigger point therapy, and you Mm -hmm. just help that ligament relax and when that ligament is relaxed it allows that pelvis to be more in an optimal position because if it's really really tight it's going to be pulling on the uterus which is going to be pulling or yeah, pulling on the pelvis to be tilting forward how interesting so by releasing that ligament you're kind of putting the pelvis in a more optimal position then perfect yep okay 
Oh, that's great. And so by kind of adjusting the position of the pelvis during pregnancy then, does that make for an easier delivery? It does. It definitely does. That's one of the great things about regular chiropractic care throughout um, pregnancy is by putting the pelvis in its optimal position, you're going to, one, decrease um, pain throughout pregnancy, but you're also going to decrease, it's been shown to decrease labor times, decrease delivery time, so the time it takes to push the baby out as well, just because that pelvis is in an optimal position for the baby just to kind of come right through. Yeah, and I personally did chiropractic care, and I experienced this um, firsthand with my first child. Labor was like over 24 hours, and then with my second child, certainly it was the second baby, but I had chiropractic care my second time, and it was so fast and so much easier, totally unmedicated, and just such a different experience. Um, and I just, I was blown away. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about this because I just, I think more people need to realize like how powerful it is. Yes, it's wonderful. And some people think like regular chiropractic care throughout pregnancy, does that mean I have to come in all the time, come in every week? It really isn't all that much. It's maybe one or two times first trimester, maybe once a month second trimester, um, up until maybe month nine, and then maybe once a week until you deliver. So you're talking under 10 times usually um, to make a significant impact on your delivery outlook in most instances. So it definitely... Being in an optimal position is going to, like I said, decrease the labor time, decrease the delivery time. It's also known to decrease the need of induction, to decrease the chance of C-section, to decrease the need for pain intervention. Um, and it's also known to show a decrease in postpartum depression. Wow. Just because most mothers experience a better they have a better birth experience in general because of all of those things. I totally agree with that. That's uh, my son came so fast, and afterwards I was like, "Oh, that wasn't so bad at all." And my husband was like, "Were you there?" <laughs> but yeah. I mean, really, I didn't feel as like just completely exhausted and worn out. And mm-hmm. I think you start into then the postpartum period in a better state of mind and just like not completely exhausted from the beginning. <laughs> you yes. get exhausted, but not right away. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Um, and the pain management is a huge part too. One of the other things you had brought up to me was um, to recommending that I look at like YouTube videos and like watch the baby moving through the birth canal to picture what the baby had to do. And mm-hmm. at first I was like, I don't know. But once I did it, I was like, wow, that's so amazing. And I felt like that was something that really helped too. Yeah, so I did that through my labor as well, and I really felt like it helped a lot. I feel like visualization can be such a powerful tool, whether you're visualizing, you know, what you want your future to look like or your goals or even just in labor. If you can visualize that baby going through the birth canal, um, I think it really does just make you really zone in on what's happening and it can really make for that transition yeah. very powerful and very more effective. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in addition to the Webster technique, what are some other techniques you use with women who are pregnant um, during kind of that uh, 
pregnancy period. Yeah, the prenatal <laughs> care. So we also contact, so ligaments, ligaments, ligaments. Ligaments are so important in treating an expecting mama. The other ligament that we always want to work on is called the sacrotuberous ligament. It's otherwise known as Logan Basic Technique. This is a ligament that's on the back of your sacrum, so kind of your back of your pelvis area, and it goes kind of from the top down to your sit bones. And once again, if you can imagine, as that belly grows, it places weight on the front part of your pelvis, and it's going to tip that pelvis forward. Since the ligament is on your back of your pelvis, as it tips forward, it's going to stretch and become really, really tight. So it's the same thing. It's a gentle contact, almost like a trigger point therapy. You hold it, and it helps release that ligament, allowing for that pelvis to be in its ideal position. So that's going to be very important. The other ligament is the inguinal ligaments. Those are ligaments that attach to the pubic bone. Once again, as you can imagine, they can get very, very tight. And so it's important to do, you know, contact there, just a nice gentle contact to help release those ligaments. Okay, awesome. And then um, as far as when somebody is like getting close to labor and then postpartum, mm -hmm. how can chiropractic care kind of come into play there? Yeah, so it's really, really important um, the closer that you get to delivery just to make sure that the pelvis is in that optimal position. Um, and, um, oh, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's... I was thinking of so many things. It's yeah. just really, really good for just making sure that pelvis is in that optimal position. Um, usually the closer we get to delivery, I do spend more time with expecting mamas. So on average, the appointment, it's about 30 minutes long and we're not doing, you know, just strictly making sure that the joints are able to move or that we're in optimal positioning. We're also doing some nice acupressure points to help just get the body ready for delivery. We do some visualization, we contact the ligaments. Um, we work on the hip flexors, so opening up those hips. So, yeah. you know, the flexibility is there for delivery as well. And then postpartum, it's so important because I think we forget how intense delivery is like we know it's intense while it's happening but I think if we actually step back and think about what has actually taken place the last nine months in our bodies yeah where the organs have shifted what the body has done what the body went through during delivery and then for that recovery phase it just doesn't happen to all go back to normal it mm -hmm. takes work actually on the female's part to help aid the body getting back to normal. And that's why chiropractic can be so wonderful postpartum. It helps keep those joints moving. It helps keep those ligaments nice and relaxed. It helps decrease pain. Yeah. So. Well, and I see it as a form of self-care too, mm -hmm. because a lot of the emphasis once you have a baby is on caring for the baby. And there's not so much emphasis on caring for yourself mm -hmm. and getting back you know, adjusted and mm -hmm. into position, I think after pregnancy has such an impact on moving forward and how you're able to care for your baby. It definitely is. Delivering a baby is a trauma. It's a wonderful trauma, <laughs> but it's a trauma. And yeah. I actually see, you know, back issues, upper back issues, 10, 15 years postpartum that we can trace back to delivery of how the body was never able to heal on its own. Mm -hmm. And that's where chiropractic care right after can just make the world of difference. Yeah. Not even immediately after, but, you know, preventing problems 15, 20 years down the line. Wow. That's really powerful. Um, so let's dive into kind of optimizing some of the nervous system function through chiropractic care. Mm -hmm. I know that's um, something you're passionate about. Can you tell me a little bit more about this and like how, 
like what else involved in optimizing nervous system function? Yeah, so one of the big things that chiropractors are known for are pain management, and we definitely help with pain management. We also help mobilize joints that aren't moving very well. But one of the lesser known facts, which is actually the majority of what chiropractic is, is directly influencing our nervous system. So our spine houses our you know spinal cord, and that's going to communication pathway between our nerves and our brain. And these pathways are imperative. It inter it. Um, communicates with every single organ system within our body. It's how we function. It's how we live. Without these connections being optimal, we can run into, you know, small minor issues or we can run into big issues. And so what chiropractic does is by making, we, by influencing the nervous system, we're um, allowing those nerves and the brain to communicate with each other optimally. And if they are able to optimally communicate with one another and work, the body is able to function optimally and really when we encounter things we're able to heal our body is able to heal itself without outside intervention so one of the common things that you know people question or talk about is chiropractic and ear infections chiropractic doesn't cure ear infections what we do is we allow the body the nervous system to communicate with one another and this is going to allow the body itself to heal the ear infections if that makes sense yes and I'm so glad you brought that up because that's I think a common misconception and something I've heard other people say like oh if your child has chronic ear infections like go to the chiropractor get an adjustment and you know it fixes the ear infection Mm -hmm. like right away so I think that's an important distinction that it's really not necessarily treating the infection but Mm -hmm. it's like making the nervous system communicate better, helping the body to self-heal. Yes, and that's why chiropractic is beneficial for so many things, not just pain management, is because you're allowing the body to optimally communicate with one another and to heal. So chiropractic is fantastic for anxiety. It can be very powerful for depression. It's a wonderful immune booster. So anytime you're sick, an ear infection, a sinus infection, a cold, fevers. We've been very blessed. My son's only ever had two fevers. He's two and a half. And um, both times, you know, this last time when I checked, it was 103.5, and I adjusted, and it immediately went down to 100.6. Oh, my gosh. And that's happened both times that we've adjusted him, is that the fever just dramatically goes right down. And once again, you're just allowing the communication within the body to work and allowing the body to operate optimally. That is so cool. And I totally want to get into kids in just a second, but I did want to share one of the quotes I found, and I was talking to Danielle about this beforehand, was um, that BJ Palmer originally wrote about how health comes from downward and from inside outward, or so from above downward and from inside outward as the essence of the philosophy of chiropractic. And at the heart of this approach is an emphasis on the body's ability to self-heal, which we were talking about, and self-organization. And they said, this is a view of the body that's shared by most chiropractors. And that's something I hadn't ever really realized. And that's so powerful to think about and such a wonderful holistic perspective. Um, How do you, like, how does this apply to like your practice? And I know you talked a little bit about it. Can you elaborate some more on that? Yes, definitely. So I feel that illness and sickness is such, we fear it. We're taught to fear it. And we're taught that if we have it, we have to take something specific to treat that one thing. It's a very fear-based model. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously there are some things that are very, very scary, right? But even for just a common cold or things like that, sickness shouldn't be something that should be deathly feared. 
um, because we should be able to trust our own bodies that we do have this innate ability to heal ourselves as long as we provide it all the things that it needs nutritionally and physically um, and make sure those communication pathways are open. And so I use it in the practice, you know, to kind of change people's perspectives on how they look at sickness, how they look at illnesses and put it in a more positive light that it doesn't have to be so fear-based. It doesn't have to be so, okay, this one thing is wrong. So you take this one thing to fix it. How, you know, we can treat so many different things through, you know, nutrition and, and making sure those communica- communication pathways are open and, and kind of approaching health from a positive aspect instead of approaching health negatively. That's a great way to look at it. And I think that's a nuance that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we both have a shared passion for nutrition, so <laughs> let's go there. Um, as far as nutrition goes, how do you work with um, patients as far as uh, their nutrition goes, and what are maybe some of your go-to like nutritional recommendations or interventions? Yeah, so I actually do um, a couple different things with nutrition. It just depends on where the patient is at in their healthcare and what their goals are. We do almost every single patient. I do general recommendations, Mm -hmm. um, just for a healthier lifestyle, but we can get as in depth as, you know, doing blood work to see where all their numbers are at and how we can optimize those numbers through the foods that they're eating. So it can be as simple as just a couple tips here and there, or it can Mm -hmm. be, you know, full blown nutritional consultations to help balance um, the chemistry within the body. Great. My go-tos would yeah. have to be um, avoid sugar. <laughs> <laughs> that and, is a good one. And how inflammatory sugar is and how sugar is hidden in everything. So yes. I think that would be across the board something that I talk about with everybody is our very high sugar consumption in this country. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I was just reading a book called Deep Nutrition. And if you haven't read it, I highly, highly recommend it. But the top two recommendations in that book were avoid sugar and it isn't everything. Mm -hmm. And then avoid vegetable oils um, and like seed oils because they're rancid and oxidized and can cause all sorts of inflammation. But once you start paying attention to sugar you really do find that it is in everything, especially like children's products and, Mm -hmm. you know, children's snack food and basically everything marketed to children seems to contain a fair amount of sugar. How do you talk to parents about that? Or how do you talk with, you know, patients about that for Mm -hmm. their own? So if patients are coming in um, in pain, inflammation Mm -hmm. is a huge factor in pain. So we always want to control the inflammation, decrease the inflammation, and nutrition is going to definitely play a factor in that. So we just kind of talk about how sugar causes inflammation and why it's important to decrease the inflammation, how it's going to make them feel better and decrease their pain. And then we talk about where sugar hidden a lot of condiment talks right mm-hmm. so a lot of salad dressings even if you think you're eating a really healthy salad you know more of the generic salad dressings are going to be filled with sugar ketchups are filled with sugar mm-hmm. just kind of all the hidden places so you know a lot of people that come to see me actually generally feel like they're trying to eat very very healthy but they don't know where all this stuff is hidden mm-hmm. and then with children most of the time when we're talking about diet is either when they come in and we're seeing digestive issues going playing a factor or behavioral issues Mm -hmm. so you know hyperactivity or attention issues or maybe a little bit of aggression issues then we're definitely going to get into nutrition and sugar's role and that is huge Mm -hmm. and how do parents like 
are parents generally receptive to that? Have they heard it before? Or are they like... I would say most are receptive. Okay. I think it's it's important to do it in a way where you're not... The parent doesn't feel attacked because mm-hmm. a lot of times they feel like it's a reflection on, you know, their choices of right. what they're feeding their children. But most of the time they just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't know how much our food impacts us and what we're putting in our body impacts us. So part of my job is to make sure that they're, you know, I'm conveying it in a way that isn't accusing them of right. something and educating them of why this happens and why it's important and the positive things that can come from dietary changes. That's wonderful. So once again, putting it in a total positive spin, making mm-hmm. sure that there's no negativity around it or blame around it or guilt around it and putting it in a more positive light. That's awesome. And so as far as children go, let's get into mm-hmm. how you work with children. Um, what sort of things you do as far as um, chiropractic techniques with children. Mm-hmm. And then I'd love to talk a little bit more about the attention and hyperactivity part too. Yeah. So. Yes, definitely. So with kids, it's going to depend on the age. So I do adjust newborn babies and infants. <laughs> it's very, very gentle. It's no more pressure than you would put, you know, just touching your eye. And in fact, I remember being a very new mom and very naive, <laughs> um, being in um, the hospital, just the nurses like handling the baby I was like oh my god they're being so rough they're being so rough (laughs) and they're not at all yeah (laughs) they're not at all and so now what I tell you know new moms and mothers in general the amount of pressure we're putting working on an infant is going to be way less than it takes you to even dress your child like it's so incredible. and you know we're not you know, quote unquote, cracking or popping. We don't do that in general, but that's what, you know, people believe we do. But we don't work on the joints like that. It's all ligament work. Once again, just like an expecting mama, ligaments are everything. You can really help the nervous system just by contacting ligaments. And that's what we do with babies. So we contact that sacred tuberous ligament that helps adjust the pelvis. And then we just contact other ligaments throughout the spine when they're little itty bitty. So little itty bitty babies, it's all ligament work. That is so cool. And that's, I had my son adjusted. And the one thing that struck me the most was when he was turned upside down. Mm -hmm. But I was like, man, that has to feel good. Yeah, like it just, it's a little bit scary to watch. <laughs> but he is happy as a clam. Yeah. And like it totally it wasn't as scary once it was over. <laughs> yes, and infants love it. Like usually yeah. we'll start giggling or laughing being hung upside down and it just helps, you know, decompress yeah. that spine. It just naturally allows everything to kind of you know, relax and fall into place like it's supposed to. Absolutely. That is a really cool technique. (laughs) So with the kiddos, I do a lot of activators. So once again, Mm -hmm. that's a tool assisted. It's very, very gentle. Um, And we just contact, we open up the joints that way. And then when they are a little bit older, we do a little bit more manual adjusting. That's where I kind of push, you know, up the back. You Mm -hmm. might hear cracking and popping sounds. Those aren't your bones cracking. There's aren't your bones breaking. We don't contact (laughs) bones that way. We're doing actually more ligament work and contacting the ligaments around it. And I think that's a really good distinction because that is such a misconception. Yeah. And that I was going to ask you, and we can talk about it now a little Mm -hmm. bit too, like, As far as misconception goes, I'm sure that's the number one, like that you're cracking bones. Yes, yes, we do not crack bones. You crack eggs, you don't crack bones. (laughs) Are there any other common misconceptions that. Yes, once you go to a chiropractor, you always have to 
go back. Yes. Okay. And that one, I don't logically understand at all. <laughs> like, what could we possibly be doing that would cause somebody to always have to come back? We're right. in this profession to heal people and make them feel better. Yeah. Um, so what it's very much like, you know, if you have to do any sort of rehab, you know, by the time we see people, usually there's been issues going on for a while or there's an injury. Mm-hmm. And so one appointment isn't going to help correct 20 years of an issue or correct a you know an injury you know it's going to take a little bit more work to help the body heal itself Um, and so in the beginning you might have to go you know closer together or a lot more often but after that um, you know patients choose to come see us on a more wellness maintenance plan because Mm -hmm. they feel so much better I have one patient who's 76 and she comes in once a month and she's been doing it for about a year and a half now. And every month she's like, I'm just can't believe this was the best decision I've ever made. I haven't been sick once since I've been coming in monthly. I haven't had the flu once. I haven't had any pains. You know, people just feel better because we're allowing the body to communicate optimally and be its best. That makes so much sense. And so you're kind of you do it more as a maintenance or like a wellness or a self-care mm-hmm. versus always, only coming in when like <laughs> the house is on fire, you know, like. <laughs> exactly. And it's usually, it's all by choice. Like people yeah. want to come in because they know it makes them feel so much better. So no, there's nothing about a chiropractic adjustment that will force you to keep coming back. <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. That's very important to clear up. Um, so back to children, mm-hmm. um, as far as hyperactivity goes, what are some things, um, I know nutrition is like huge mm-hmm. in that as far as adjustments go, are there adjustments that you can do for that as well? So once again, just optimizing, you know, the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So a lot of hyperactivity, we're going to see GI issues. So a lot of sensitivity to food dyes, a lot of sensitivity to gluten, possibly even dairy. Once again, sugar, a high sugar diet, there might be candida overgrowth in the intestines. Um, all that really affects, you know, our behavior, um, brain chemistry. How chiropractic specifically, how the adjustments can help with that is, you know, we think of the nerves just kind of going sometimes one way, um, like, oh, we need to heal the nerves so that our back pain goes away, but those nerves come out of our back to our gut. Mm-hmm. And so those nerve function can also be altered due to gut issues as well. It goes both ways, if that makes sense. And so by working on the low back and opening up those communication pathways, those nerves that are communicating to the gut can do so optimally, which can heal it a lot faster. I love that. I've never so, thought about it that way. Yeah, but so we do a lot of work yeah. with constipation, diarrhea, gut issues in general. Um, almost all the time, if you have gut issues, you're going to have low back pain because they correlate with one another. Same oh, wow. with um, asthmatics. If you have asthma, you're almost always going to have mid-back pain um, because that's the area, the nerve area that intervenes oh my gosh that is such an amazing pearl and it just shows how connected our body systems are Mm -hmm. and I think it's easy to forget that Mm -hmm. when you have a pain in your back and the focus is like the pain is in my back yes yes definitely (laughs) but it's actually you know Mm -hmm. possibly connected with other things Mm -hmm. right um so um let's see so as far as um other things with chiropractic. I know you have a bunch of different tools in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned like acupuncture and um, cupping and things that you had experienced um, when you mm-hmm. were doing um, 
kind of before you went to school. Mm -hmm. What sort of other tools do you use now that you're practicing? Yeah, so I do use cupping in the Mm -hmm. clinic. I used to use something called gua sha, um, or it's also called Graston, depending on the tool that you use. Gua sha is going to be more of a porcelain or um, a stone, like a jade. It's a Chinese medicine modality tool, um, where Graston's more stainless steel. But essentially, they're doing the same thing. It's a very, very deep tissue technique. It's a tool-assisted deep tissue technique to kind of break up those muscle adhesions that can form. Um, it helps promote, um, you know, break up stagnation. In Chinese medicine, it's called qi. Um, Western medicine, a little bit more blood stagnation, you know, mm-hmm. just areas that aren't moving very well. You help break it up so things can move properly. I do a lot of acupressure and hopefully soon acupuncture. Um, uh, I love rock tape. Like, rock tape is fantastic. Can you tell me about that? I don't know much about it. So I'm just kind of getting into it a little bit more. Um, But rock tape, if you've ever seen, like, the Olympics, they have those crazy colored tapes all over their body. Um, So it's a tape that's not for bracing. You know, like, if you had an ankle sprain and had an ace bandage. So it's not a bracing tape. It's a tape that you can use for a variety of different things, but it promotes healing within the tissue. Um, And so it's really good for acute injuries. Um... And you just lie, you know, you put the, there's different ways to do it, but you just lie the tape over the affected area and it's going to just help promote tissue healing and you can make it so that the muscles in an elongated state or a shortened state, just depending on what happened with that oh, muscle. Cool. Um, in pregnancy, I was sold on it because I got to try out all these pregnancy belts, which was kind of a perk of my profession <laughs> and they were all awful. <laughs> it didn't really help. And then um, someone was like, use rock tape. So I was like, okay. And so all I did was take this piece of tape and put it underneath my belly. And it provided so much support. I could wear it um, with any outfit that I wanted to. It stayed for two weeks and I was sold. So it's something I want to explore a little bit more um, as, you know, as I have time to. But Well, it's nice to have that self-experimentation. Yes, I know. (laughs) I know. I can't say I do that as well a lot of times. (laughs) Like You try things out on yourself and then... You see how it goes, but, um, and so the rock tape then it's mostly for like acute injuries or like support of muscles. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I believe so. I could, you know, I'm not proficient in rock tape, but that's more so what I use it for. So I tend to use it a lot in practice one for expecting mamas, but also, you know, I do see a lot of rib injuries and so it works wonderful, you know, during a ribs strain or sprain. Okay. Well. What are people hurting their ribs? Like how, oh, how does yeah. that happen? So this time of year it's shoveling. Oh, usually. sure. So it's the twisting and bending motion um, that can really cause a rib issue. Skiing yeah. does it a lot. Um, snowboarding can do it a lot for this time of year. Um, but really um, emotional upset, you know, crying where you're going to really be using those intercostal muscles. Those are the muscles in between your ribs. Mm -hmm. Um, An asthma attack, unfortunately. Anything that's going to cause deep, heavy breathing. Runners or, you know, um, CrossFit. Anybody who does exercise where you're going to be breathing really, really heavy. If it's a weakened area, you can be prone to rib injury as well. Oh, my gosh. Well, the muscles, I should say. The muscles around it. Oh, that's so interesting. I never had thought of that. Um, So... 
As far as the gua sha goes, can you tell me like who, what sort of patients would you use gua sha on? Yeah, so mostly in my practice, it could be completely yeah. different, but in my practice, typically I see patients with chronic issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, different professions, there's just no way around it you're going to have certain issues come up. So if you're a hairdresser, you're always bending forward. So you're mm-hmm. always going to have upper trapezius tightness and upper mid-back tightness. And so gua sha is wonderful for that, for really digging into those muscles yeah. um, and relaxing that. A lot of la- manual laborers, they tend to have really, really tight low back muscles. And so gua sha is really great for getting into the low back. I also use gua sha a lot with um, scoliosis patients. So these oh. are almost always adult females with scoliosis. So the scoliosis is set in place, right? The the spine has been developed and that's going to alter um, the musculature on the back. It's going to have some that are really, really tight and others that are really, really weak. And so um, scoliosis patients typically have chronic pain because they're always going to have muscle imbalance because of the scoliosis. And so the gua sha is a wonderful tool to really get in there and help ease their discomfort. Oh, neat. And so with gua sha, at least what I've seen, there's usually um, some uh, like bruising or kind of blood on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, how long does that last? And is that pretty typical? Or It is pretty typical. So it can be controversial. You know, there are some people that are like, that's awful. And providers even, like that's awful. You should never bruise. If you're bruising, you're doing something wrong. Um, the way I was taught, I was taught by a Chinese medicine physician. And their philosophy was the bruising was actually a good thing because it's showing that you're promoting blood to the area mm-hmm. and you're going to be nourishing that tissue underneath. Bruising really is going to depend on the location. Some areas bruise other more than others. And it's also going to depend on the person. You know, what are your ferritin levels are? Do you have any underlying illnesses, Lyme's disease, MS, anything like that? Individuals that are going to bruise easier, it's going to pop up a lot easier than those who don't. That makes sense. And how long does the bruising usually last for? Is a couple it... days. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so not too bad. Yep. So when you do gua sha, the rule of thumb is the moment we the tissue will get really red and you'll start to see little spots before the bruise actually happens and you just stop so sometimes I can work in an area for five minutes other times I do two swipes and I have to be done so it's important as a practitioner to recognize it before it gets too bruised Oh, interesting. And then with using acupressure, I know mm-hmm. you mentioned using it in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit more into using it in pregnancy acupressure? Yeah, so I only use acupressure at the very end of pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, right when we get around the 40-week mark. Um, a lot of moms want to avoid induction and mm-hmm. might have that fear. <laughs> and I was one of them. Yes, and so that's when we start doing foot reflexology. We use a lot of acupressure points on the foot. Um, that's kind of just known to help kind of get the body ready for delivery. So in pregnancy, that's what I use it for. We only, I never use it before 40 weeks. Okay, good. And that's just because it can help kind of induce labor. Induce labor, yes. Okay, that makes sense. And that's, I saw you the day I went into labor and I seriously credit you with like, (laughs) it was wonderful to have acupressure that day. Um, so I think we've covered a lot about chiropractic. Is there anything mm-hmm. I'm leaving out or anything we should talk about before we get into kind of our closing questions? 
Um, I just kind of wanted to talk about, um, cause a lot of what I see is pregnancy and I kind of want to talk yeah. about some of the common reasons why an expecting mom would come to see me because yes. some issues are going to probably be surprising. Mm-hmm. Some you would expect, but some might kind of blow your mind. Um, yeah. of course we see a lot of low back pain once again, as that belly grows, you know, that pelvis is going to shift forward and that's going to cause an increase of an arch of your low back. To stabilize the spine, then the muscles and tendons in the back get really, really tight. And that can cause pain and discomfort. So I do see a lot of low back. I see a lot of sciatica. Once again, when that pelvis shifts, it's not only the low back muscles that get tight, but it's our butt muscles. Mm -hmm. And the sciatic nerve goes through something called the piriformis. It actually goes through the middle of the muscle. It's one of the only nerves to do so. So when that muscle gets really, really tight, it can really cause irritation to those nerves. And you can just get lightning bolt pain going down your leg. So chiropractic's wonderful for that because, one, we work on the muscles, but we also optimize the position of the pelvis so those muscles aren't having to work as hard. The other thing that um, migraines, so some females um, unfortunately get migraines in pregnancy, a couple of reasons, hormones, or it could also be the expansion of our blood vessels. Our blood vessels dilate in pregnancy, and that can lead to more migraines, so chiropractic mm-hmm. can help with that. Carpal tunnel. So pregnancy can cause carpal tunnel, which a lot of people might not no, know. I didn't know that. Um, it's thought mostly to be fluid retention, putting pressures on nerves. And so chiropractic is wonderful for that to help one with the inflammation, but also decreasing the pressure on those nerves. And then the big thing that I treat every single mom for, um, and people at first might think it's a little strange, but it's so powerful and beneficial, is pubic bone pain. Yes. So <laughs> it's kind of a like oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to talk about pubic bone pain. Um, <laughs> but you know, moms get really nervous about it, but it's every woman at some point in their pregnancy, I swear, is going to have pubic bone pain. So the pubic bone is actually two bones that come together, and there's a ligament that goes in between it and cartilage. And we don't think it, but it's a joint, and every single joint has movement to it. Even the pubic bone, it has very little movement when you're not pregnant, but it's still a joint. As you know, when we're pregnant, we release a hormone called relaxin. This helps loosen all the ligaments in our pelvis. And so that when it's time for delivery, we're able to open up that vaginal opening and allow that baby to come through. Sometimes though, the body can release relaxin very early on, even as early as four months. And what happens when you release the hormone relaxin, that pubic bone starts kind of separating a little bit. And the body gets really, really nervous because it sees like, oh my gosh, this is unstable. And so it's going to tighten all the ligaments around it. That's where those inguinal ligaments come into play. It's going to tighten all those ligaments around it to kind of help stabilize it. But that's going to leave that joint very painful. And so pubic bone pain can be as mild as, you know, as the belly is growing, just kind of pain there to being completely debilitating people on bed rest because they'll go to take a step and that pain in the pubic bone is so sharp, it'll just bring them to their knees. So it can be, it's called SPD um, when it gets to that point. And it also affects, you know, the SI joints in the back because of those ligaments separating too early because of relaxin. And so I work on every mother, the pubic bone, with the activator. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's a joint and we need to go in and make sure that that joint is functioning like it should. And that's, I, I was blown away by this because I didn't even realize it was like tender or sensitive and you would push a little bit or like put pressure on the pubic bone and I'd be like oh my gosh it's really sore and you'd be like yeah it's sore right here isn't it and then like could work on that side Mm -hmm. or that area and I had no idea like I didn't even 
I didn't even feel it until there's that pressure there. And then all of a sudden you become aware of it. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's so many other things going on in pregnancy sometimes. (laughs) Other little aches and pains that, you know, if it's not a huge a huge pain um Mm -hmm. you don't notice it until you work on it and then you're like oh my gosh wow and it was incredible Mm -hmm. yeah it's so so powerful and I feel like it helps so much in labor and delivery too while you work on it throughout the pregnancy you can help decrease the inflammation you can help relax those ligaments and so that when you get to labor you know yeah the vaginal opening will do what it's supposed to but if all the ligaments around your pelvis is really really tight it just can make it for a much more painful difficult process so just making sure the joints of the entire pelvis including the pubic bone is working like it should really aids in delivery oh cool are there any other techniques you like to use with women or children um, Um, that we haven't covered I don't think so. I think that's Good. about it. I use mostly diversified. That's kind of that hands-on okay. um, technique where you're kind of, you know, putting pressure and you might hear the cavitation sounds. Yeah. Um, but mostly that and activator is and Logan Basic and Webster okay. is what I'm going to use. And so the cavitation sound, can mm-hmm. you kind of go into that just a little bit? What What is that? I know yeah. we touched on it. Yeah. So the cavitation is just air that's trapped in a joint. So I kind of like to talk about it with patients. If you had a soda pop can, which soda's awful, but if you had a soda pop can <laughs> and you unscrew it and you hear that popping and fizzing, that's the gas being released. It's very similar to our joints. Our joints can become very restricted and it can trap air in there. And once you open up that restriction, that air has a way to get out. And that's mm-hmm. where you hear the cracking and popping sound. I'm using quotation air bodies (laughs) um if you don't hear the sound it doesn't mean the adjustment didn't take place it just means that there was nothing no air trapped in there at that time oh cool okay well and that's kind of a good transition then into the end of interview questions and the one question I really have for you you have a very physical job because you are hands-on all day long with patients what do you do for self-care yeah so for self-care so I would say at work um, it is very hands-on it is very physical Um, a lot of people may not realize too any profession that uses physical touch so skin to skin contact there is an energy transfer and so when we work with people in pain you know we really do absorb that pain you know and that energy from them and so it's really important for me um to make sure that after I raise so many patients I block a little bit of time for me just to kind of you know wasah and I use essential Mm -hmm. oils you know, just at that point, I just inhale them because we want to be cautious of people with um, scent allergies and mm-hmm. scent sensitivities. But, you know, I'll inhale um, oils. I'll, I always try to schedule meditation time throughout the day as well, even if it's five to ten minutes to help kind of just ground me back um, and to kind of release some of that um, pain and negativity that, you know, you feel from your patients. The patients aren't yeah. negative. It's just a you know, painful experience or they're in pain. It's not painful experience, but they're in pain and you kind (laughs) of absorb that. And so just being able to let that go. So meditation oils for me throughout the day. Um, I try to always meditate before I leave um, so that I leave everything at work so that when I'm home, I'm home. And, you know, we never, I never want it to cross over. So when I come to work, I don't want anything at home to coming in. And when I leave to go home, I don't want work following me there either so for me meditation really helps that divide even just five minutes before I head out to kind of that's amazing and how nice for your patients too and I think for your family you Mm -hmm. know to have that 
separation and like mm-hmm. a clear separation between being at work and being at home. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice way to care for yourself. I think, yeah. you know, and as someone who practices Reiki, um, and is in tune with energy as yes. well, I think, um, it's powerful and it's also kind of kind to your patients to mm-hmm. not carry that energy with you throughout the day because the energy you're giving off, they're feeling as well, whether yes. they may or not may or may not be perceptive of that. But um, to take that time and like recenter yourself and reground and mm-hmm. kind of clear your energy um, before moving on is really a cool self-care technique. Yes, yes. And then I would say throughout the week, um, I do, once again, meditation. I meditate mm-hmm. every single night before I go to bed. I find that I fall asleep faster and my sleep is better. And I think it just helps with stress management overall. Um, so I always make sure that I meditate every night. Every Sunday, I know that I function my best on a strict diet, so I don't do gluten, I don't do dairy. Ketogenic works best for me. That's where my body thrives. If I go off of it, I can tell. But in order to do that, I have to prep. You know, I can't just go off the fly throughout the week. My husband travels. I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old at home. It just (laughs) doesn't work. So self-care for me means every Sunday meal prepping. So I spend three to four hours um, uninterrupted. Just prepping food for the week so that I'm able to get the best nutrition possible to be my optimal self and to really thrive. What are your go-tos, like, for prepping? Like, what sort of meals do you like to prep? So, um, I almost always, I don't change it up very often. That's okay. (laughs) But um, sweet potato waffles is, like, my go-to in the morning because it's low-carb. I take all my supplements in the morning, so that kind of helps coat the stomach. definitely salads for lunch it's just Mm -hmm. easiest you can mix it up every week I almost always use just um, an oil base with some spices in it or herbs yeah Um, most of the time I do sometimes get dairy-free ranch or Caesar if I want to you know change it up a little bit but mostly I stick to more of an oil base type salads and then for evenings I just kind of I keep it simple I like I said I'm home alone with a two and a half year old so yeah you know just some fish and some steamed you know, broccoli. I love making curries and tofu over cauliflower rice. I do too. If I have extra time <laughs> and I can prep for that, that that's one of my favorite things to make. Nice. That's wonderful. And that's, I usually do my meal prep either Sunday or Monday too. Mm-hmm. And it does, it makes all the world of difference because if you come home and you don't have things ready, then it's all out the window yes. and sometimes it just doesn't work out well. So, mm-hmm. um, that is huge. So, what would you say if you had a wild dream for 2019? What would it be? I don't know if it's wild, but <laughs> I've been seeing it for three years. I really want my acupuncture yeah. license. So I just, the schedule hasn't lined up for me to make that happen yet. Yeah. But I'm really hoping in 2019 I will be able to make that work. So that's on the agenda. We will see. Yes. But now that you've said it, you yes. can manifest it. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. So hopefully that happens. And then also, once again, I don't know if it's wild, but just I'm constantly working on the balance between being a mom and running my own business and just making it better and better and um, making it so that I'm very happy and satisfied in both areas. And so just improving yeah. upon that and kind of figuring things out so cool good um 
We talked a little bit about nutrition already, but what does nourish mean to you? Yes, nourish means support to me. So it's going to be um, support through food, the food that you're giving your body. It's going to be support through movement. It's going to be um, support through your personal connections. It's going to be support through um, just feeding your soul, whatever that is, whether that's meditation or prayer or just doing something that you love. Nourish is really really I think comes down to support and I don't know if this is a quote or if I heard someone here or if I just made it up I'm not sure but I always tell patients in order to flourish in life you first have to be nourished oh I love that you have to have that foundation every living thing has to be nourished before it can bloom you need vitamins and minerals you need sunlight and human beings are no different you have to nourish your body through food through movement um, through love through your soul before you can be your optimal self and thrive. That is a beautiful answer and probably the best answer I've heard to that question so far. Thanks. <laughs> um, so what do you do for fun or play? I love reading. Do you? Like, I love reading. I'm a little bit of a book addict. Yeah. Um, like literally if I start reading a book, I will stay up all night reading it and then I will continue staying up to read the next book. <laughs> Like once I start, I really have a hard time breaking myself. So I do have to, now that I have a child, I do have to limit my reading time. So I try to read um, 15 minutes every day. Nice. (laughs) And does that actually happen? It it was very awesome last year. Yeah. So much this year. Yeah. Um, But no, I love, love reading. I love musical theater. Oh, cool. So I miss not having the student rush. available to me anymore but I love musical theater and I love the sun so I just love being outside especially if I can be outside on the water even better yes and we live in a good area for that Mm -hmm. um so excuse me what do you want your legacy to be yes so I think I want my legacy to be I want patients to felt heard mm-hmm. I want you know I try to really listen to what's going on with a patient not dismiss what they're feeling and really find the root cause of their problems so I really love working with more chronic illnesses um, you know patients that have went to all sorts of different providers and they've been told that oh they have iron deficiency or you know they're kind of brushed off and underneath they might have an autoimmune condition it might be MS or adrenal fatigue or Lyme's disease. Um, So I really, I love working with expecting mothers and families Mm -hmm. as well, but I also love this, you know, I want my legacy really though to be about helping patients ID these severe issues way at the beginning of the disease rather when it's so far progressed that they're debilitated by it. That's amazing. Yeah. So and that's a powerful legacy to leave mm-hmm. because that changes the whole trajectory of someone's life, mm-hmm. you know, especially I, there's so many stories of people spending years and years and years and years, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure out what's going on. So to have someone who's passionate about those topics and can help people identify mm-hmm. these chronic conditions early mm-hmm. yeah. is amazing. The best compliments I get and the compliments that just make me 
cry of happiness is when I have a mom that tells me, thank you so much for listening to my concerns and for helping me to identify what's really going on with my child because it's been dismissed for X amount of time. Mm -hmm. And just knowing, you know, I really just love that. I love that, you know, I know the stress of being a mom now, you know, and the concern that you have for your child and to know that I was able to, you know, you know, validate their concerns and mm-hmm. figure out what's really going on and, you know, give them a voice right? Um, is something that well, I, I love. I think being heard is just really something that is gratifying to everyone, you mm-hmm. know, um, to feel heard and to feel listened to is so powerful in the healing experience itself. Yes, definitely, definitely. So you are amazing, and I know that people are going to want to find out more about you and connect with you. What are some ways that people can connect with you or find out about your practice? Yes, you can go to our website. It's um, www.wabashawellness.com. We're also on Facebook um, under Ott Family Chiropractic and Wellness Clinic and Instagram under Ott Family Chiropractic. Beautiful. Well, I will link everything in the show notes. I thank you so much. This has been wonderful. You did such a great job. Oh, thank you. And I just love talking with you and spending time with you. And hopefully you'll come back again. Oh, yes, definitely. I would love it. Good, good. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Nourish and Shine. I hope that you enjoy this episode and that you'll leave me a review on iTunes so that more people can hear the podcast. I'd also love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I would love to hear your questions, so please send them my way. Also, you can check out my website. It's amysapola.com. I hope that today's interview provided you with some inspiration and practical advice to nourish your mind, body, and spirit, optimize your health, and to live a whole vibrant life. Please join me again next week for another amazing interview. Have a wonderful week. The information provided on this podcast is for educational purposes only. It's not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or condition. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking with your medical provider.